and share uh, what he's been working on me with uh, these past few weeks. Um, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6 today, and we'll be in verses 25 through 34, and then we'll also be in Psalm 27. I wasn't kidding about I'd do the psalm during, during the message. But uh, I've personally been doing a lot of reading and studying on anxiety and, and worry um, over the past few weeks. Um, just looking through the scriptures, seeing how Jesus addressed worry and doubt and fear and anxiety, seeing, seeing in the New Testament the different writings of what, what Paul would have to say about worry. And the message today is in no way exhaustive of what the Bible has to say about worry or fear, so I'll give you that disclaimer uh, as we start. Uh, we're basically just going to look at Matthew chapter 6 and the illustrations that Jesus gave. He gives us some perspective um, on a way to handle day-to-day -day concerns. Um, this passage, for me personally, has been very insightful and, and helpful because I don't know about you, but I tend to um, find something to worry about it and then I can't sleep and, and I, I struggle with it. So um, I, I need help with this, this idea of, of worry. Um, so we're here today. I'm guessing that I'm not the only one in this room that might worry from time to time. Um, I'm not sure where you at. I'm not sure what worries or doubts or fears that you may be facing. But I pray that this morning that you will find some answers and comfort from our study. Uh, our text is Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. Part of the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus as delivering this message. Let's look at the verses together. We'll kind of be able to get some, get the whole thing together, then we'll break it down verse by verse. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which, is, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And as, as I've been studying this thought of worry and, and anxiety, uh, a big key stands out in my mind that, that what worry is, is, is about me not trusting God. It's me worrying about me and what I can do and what I can accomplish and you know what I have to get done to get over this instead of trusting in God, that He 
is in control, that he is all-powerful. Things, things that, that we would all agree, yeah, I believe that stuff, but it's like we're aware of it, but we don't grab a hold of it and acknowledge it in our life. I guess I shouldn't say we, I should say me, because I'm the only one that struggles with worry, right? Um, let's, let's pray together, and then we'll get into the, the passage. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much uh, that we can look back um, in your word and we can see these illustrations, these examples that you have given, Lord, and that we can, we can see your greatness, we can see your authority, we can see your power. And I pray that you'll help us to look at these, these things, these evidences in nature that you have given that prove your power. I pray that we will trust in you, Father, that we will give our worry to you and that we will keep our confidence and our trust in you. I thank you that you love us and that you care for us in such a great way. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So I'll just state the obvious quickly. We know anxiety is a problem. We know we should not be anxious. Philippians 4, 6, as we fast forward into the New Testament, be careful for nothing or be anxious for nothing don't worry is what is being said. So we know that we should not worry. We also know that anxiety and worry are real life struggles that present themselves in our life. We do not have to live lives filled with worry. Not because we are so strong mentally or emotionally which I think that's where we get bogged down a lot, where we try to be so strong mentally or emotionally. Where I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to worry. I can do this. But because we have a God that cares about us, a God that is more powerful than any trial or trouble that we may face. Look at Psalm 27 with me. And I'm just going to read this. I just want you to see this, this perspective again of David. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidst, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. For thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. 
I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. What an incredible perspective where we have a man whose very life is in danger. And through it all, we can see his trust and his confidence in God. We have a powerful king, but he understood he couldn't do it apart from God. He needed God, and he makes that clear that he trusts in God. Okay, let's look at our text. Uh, Verse 25. Just prior to this, in verses 19 through 24... I say that because the first word of verse 25 is therefore. So Jesus referring back up to those verses. Jesus had just addressed stockpiling selfish, unnecessary possessions, declaring that they're only master to be God. He's warning against making other things than God their master. And he goes on to say, don't worry. So God should be your master. You should be serving God alone. And he says, don't worry. He says, take no thought for your life, which the idea is don't be, don't be anxious, don't worry. Take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, what ye shall drink, um, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. So he's telling the people, don't worry about what you eat or, or what you drink or what you will wear. Those seem like pretty important things to me, though, like, I need to eat, I need, I need to have water, you know, I need to have clothes to wear. In our society, in, in our day and age, it's not such a big thing for most people that we have to worry about. But think about in those, those days, those time in the desert without water, you're in big trouble. You know, you're not just going and buying a 24-pack of bottled water to get you through your desert journey. So real concerns, Jesus says, don't worry. The word worry is interesting. I don't know how much you've studied that word worry, but the idea that the word worry gives is of choking or or strangling, squeezing the air out of. And it's, it's almost like a great visual for a panic attack, right? Like you can't breathe, so you get the paper bag, you know, and you see it. But this, this word worry is... Interesting because it it defines itself in a way that it it helps us understand what worry actually does in our life. Because it's not what worry does to us. It it chokes us out. It chokes our our thoughts out. So many times even our ability to properly process stuff and to reason because we're worried about stuff, it chokes that out of us. It consumes you. And my question is, is what does worry accomplish? I mean, it, it defines itself as, as choking or squeezing the air out of us. So can you picture Jesus standing on the hillside, addressing his audience, telling them not to worry, specifically about food and water and clothes? Can you picture the disciples hearing this message, maybe possibly looking at each other, maybe some doubts, maybe some questions about this declaration? I can't worry about even these basic, simple simple things, these necessities of life. Jesus says, don't worry. And as I mentioned about it before, worry is a lack of trust in God. Isn't that what worry 
is, like if you break it all the way down, worry is a lack of trust in God. So when we worry, we're saying, God, I can't trust you with this. I've got to figure this out. Look at verse 25 again. He says, is not life more than meat and a body than raiment? Now I want you to think about that thought. Because our life is not given to us by our body. Our life is given to us by God. He is the giver and the sustainer of life, and our life belongs to him. We should thank him for the life he has given to us and use it wisely and unselfishly for as long as he entrusts us with that life. We should not, we do not need to walk around worrying about everything. And Jesus gives us some examples to show the care of the Father, to illustrate we can trust him and we don't need to worry, we don't need to be consumed, we don't need to be controlled by worry, and we can rest with confidence in the Father. And that's what it comes down to is confidence and trust in the Father. And these illustrations that Jesus is about to give, we're aware of. Like we'll read these and we'll say, oh yeah, Jesus does do that, God does do those things. But do we grasp their reality and the truths and the message that they convey to us? Look at verse 26. Behold the fowls of the air, so watch the birds, for they sow not, neither do they reap, so you don't find the birds going around planting fields and you know, preparing the fields and planting these big fields and watering them and standing around waiting for their harvest. You don't find the birds doing that. Nor do they gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. So think about that. Jesus, the master teacher, points to the birds to illustrate his point that you don't have to worry about certain things. And personally, I imagine Jesus standing on this hillside teaching and him actually being able to point to some birds. Apparently there's a lot of birds in this part of the land. Can you picture Jesus pointing at the birds and maybe the birds are hopping around on the ground looking for some worms or, you know, in the trees? I mean, Jesus used illustrations so often. And it's like we can we can almost look at it and see it coming to life here, where Jesus is saying, look at the birds. You don't see them worrying. You don't see them planting. You don't see them worrying about the harvest. You don't see them stockpiling barns full of food. But also, you don't see birds being lazy either. I want to make be clear to make this point. You don't see birds just, except for the babies, sitting in their nest with their mouths open. Okay, God, I'm hungry. Give me something. Right? A lazy bird is a dead bird. So there's that side of it, too, where the birds are using what God gave them, and they're finding what God gave them. They're not idle. They're not lazy. And Jesus says, your heavenly Father provides for them, and he meets their needs. If God so carefully takes care of such relatively insignificant creatures as birds... How much more will he take care of those who are created in his own image and have become his children through faith? And he 
says in the verse, are you not much better than they? Aren't we more precious to God than a bird? So Jesus says, don't worry. Verse 27, another illustration. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? The illustration here is of of life expectancy. Um, And his question is, which of you, by worrying, can add days to your life? Who, Who can worry themselves into a longer life? Nobody. Isn't the saying worried sick sickness doesn't encourage life and long healthy life I understand being concerned with health and eating well and exercising I try to do a lot of those things to some extent and taking care of our bodies but those things do not guarantee a longer life it might help with the the quality of life or different things that we don't get or sicknesses that we might avoid. But our life is in the Lord, the giver and the sustainer of life. We do not have to worry. We can trust in him. Look at verses 28 and 29. And why take ye thought for raiment, speaking of clothing, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. So he's illustrating clothing here. You don't see the flowers making their own clothes. You don't see the flowers working or worrying about what they look like and how beautiful they are. But God has made them more beautiful than any clothing ever. I mean, he gives the illustration of Solomon here, the richest the man known for his riches and his wealth. And he says, the lilies of the field are more beautiful than any clothing he might have. And think about flowers. They're pretty from, it's wonderful to look at a beautiful, huge mountainside filled with wildflowers. But as you get closer to them, it's like their beauty grows. And you can hold the flower in your hand and you can look at it and you can see the amazing textures and just the incredible way that God has designed them. And I can almost picture Jesus here actually pointing to, to some wildflowers on this hillside where he's standing. Um, flowers in the desert are amazing. Uh, in college in, in Lancaster, Kendra knows how awful the desert can look. But in the springtime, they would have this poppy bloom and just orange, incredible fields before they you know, fried up and it was and dusty sand all over the place again. But this thought of these, these flowers being so beautiful, not worrying about what they're wearing, yet they're clothed better than Solomon. And that's saying something. Look at verse 30. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? If God takes care of the flowers, we can have confidence that he will take care of us. To worry about trivial things shows little faith. And it's interesting that we can trust God to save us. 
We can trust God to forgive us of our sins. We can trust God to declare us righteous. I would call that big stuff, most important thing to have confidence in. Yet we doubt him with with smaller things. And we can live in fear about trivial, temporal issues. And as I look back on my life, some of the things that I used to worry about, and even the things I do worry about, how small are they? I mean, when you're a kid, I think of Maverick, his greatest fear in life is not getting a sucker when he comes to church. You know, simple, silly, but we can worry about trivial, trivial things. We can have lack of faith in those small things, but yet we can have the confidence in God to, to save us. I mean, if we can trust God to, to save us, shouldn't that open our eyes to, oh, I can trust God with this. We can trust God at all times. He cares for us. 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him, for he what? Cares for you. Look at verse 31. Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? <clears throat> so the word therefore is used, telling us to, to look back, to look back at what, what was just said. Because of what we have just learned, don't be anxious, don't worry, don't live life in fear. Verse 32, for after these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. So that, that worrying, that doubt, that fear about everything is how the lost live. Those without God live worrying about those things. And then Jesus says, your heavenly Father knows that you have need of those things. You can trust him to provide for you. You don't have to live in worry. You don't have to live in doubt, in fear. Verse 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. We're told here that Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We have a greater call in life than worrying. We are to focus our attention on God, on his rule, his will, and his authority. Our focus is to be um, on his kingdom and his righteousness. And when our focus is on God and his his workings and our confidence is in God that helps to take away those, those doubts and those fears and those worries that we might have because our confidence and our trust is in Him. We can have confidence that God will take care of us. Look at verse 34. <clears throat> the voice is getting close to going. <clears throat> take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And Jesus goes on to say, don't worry, don't be anxious about tomorrow. There's enough going on today that there is no need to worry about tomorrow. We can trust God with tomorrow as well as today. Through this whole passage, we see that, or the message is given that there's no need to worry, that we should not worry. 
We do not need to let anxiety rule and control our life. And isn't that what worry and anxiety do? They rule and they control our life. They choke us and they squeeze us. We can trust in God. He is completely trustworthy. We are more valuable to God than any bird or flower. And he takes care of them. We can quit worrying and we can start trusting. Not because we're so great or because we're so emotionally or mentally strong. Because we have a God that is completely trustworthy. And we can confidently put our trust in him. Because he is greater. We don't need to let the the worries of life consume us. Trust God and let him consume you and his, his will and his way and what he has for us consume us instead of being bogged down by our own worries and our own fears. Let's pray together. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that, that we can look back on this, this message that, that you delivered to the disciples in the Sermon on the Mount. I thank you that we can draw these principles from it, Lord, where you are you are greater than anything, and we can fully trust in you and have confidence in you, and we don't need to live our lives in worry and in fear. I pray that you would lead us and guide us and, and help us to have that, that high, proper view of you. We're, we're so worthy of our thoughts and our attention and of our praise. Please help us, Father, in your name I pray. Amen. Let's all stand together. And uh, let's just spend some time in prayer together. Uh, you can come to the front and pray if you'd like. You could pray at your, your seat if you like. Uh, let's just consider this, this idea, this thought.